Have you noticed there's a worker shortage? You know, when you pull up to Bojangles and ask for chicken, and the lady freaks out and says that's going to be 45 minutes. I mean, I didn't ask for a Whopper. I, I asked for chicken. Isn't that what they're supposed to make, right? I went into Wendy's the other day, and I said, I want to get baked potatoes. I said, okay, that'd be fine. Nobody in line, nobody there. And I said, how many would you like? I said, I would like four baked potatoes. Do we have four? So you got to call in a guy that's going to show up next Tuesday to cook my second potato. I mean, it's, it's, went to the car wash the other day. Well, I pulled up to the car wash, and a guy comes buzzing out. He, he looks like Kramer. Comes buzzing out. He's all frantic and everything, and gets the brush, and he's going to brush half my car, and the phone rings. I'm thinking to myself, he's going to forget that half. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, there's a worker shortage. You know, it's amazing. I had a young guy, young buck the other day that works for me, that comes, shows up, uh, didn't show up to school for a class, and we asked him why. He said he had to go for a walk because he needed a mental health stroll. So I said what, like my father would have said, well, you can take mental health strolls for the rest of your life. You're fired. You didn't show up for work. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Can you, I, I can imagine going to my Italian father and say, Dad, I need a mental health day. He'd have put me away and made another one just like me. I mean, he just, it would, this is not flying. But in God's word, it's amazing. In God's word, he talks to us about the need for more workers. And I'm here to tell you today, I want to share with you a simple message that's entitled, Your Needed Niche. Your needed niche. We're coming up to Holy Week. We're coming up to Passion Week. I'm walking through the stations of the cross. I got saved when I was 20 years old. And, and even before I was saved, as we, as we walked early in my faith walk with Kristen, and, and we would go to a place on East Litchfield Street, uh, at the end of East Litchfield Street in the corner of Route 4, and it was the Stations of the Cross. And even when I was a heathen and didn't give a rip about Jesus, was fearful of God, I would walk through the Stations of the Cross and it would rock my world what my Savior today did. And so I'm walking through the Stations of the Cross this next week, and I want to look through the Via Della Rosa, and I want to appreciate what God did for me. You see, I've heard it said, and this drew me to the cross, if there were nobody else but you, Frankie, Jesus would have laid it down for you. That rocked my world. And I'm here to tell you today, and I'm here to tell you online, if it was only you, Jesus would have came and laid it down, and he did. And I hope you would understand today, when we surrender to Jesus, we've got a niche. We've got a purpose in God's kingdom. God, ground needs to be gained for the cause of Christ. Jesus was answering and addressing his disciples. And, and uh, in Matthew chapter 9, just prior to these verses that you're going to see on the screen, 37 and 38, he's talking about asking to send more into the fields. And when you, when you, when you kind of unpack this whole discourse of the need for workers, you've got to see the need first. You see, here's what's happening. He's sending. He's revealing. He's setting up. 
He is positioning you and me to do something for somebody in the kingdom of God. You see, he's in the business of taking nobodies and making them somebodies that impact his kingdom. We just got to make ourselves available. And sometimes we think because we're, we're uh, serving coffee in a coffee shop, because we're, we're a plumber or we're a, or, or we're a physician, we're a brain surgeon, or whether we're working uh, uh, sweeping floors. Listen, you have been divinely positioned to help bring Jesus to somebody. And when we realize that, work seems a little bit. You don't want to go on strolls for mental health days. Because you don't want to miss the divine appointment that God might send to you. So he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. Could we consider for a moment this morning the importance of seeing and seizing the need that's all around us. Listen, I, I, I think I'll get invited back if I say this, but you don't have to be a brain surgeon or a prophet to see that all hell is breaking loose in the world. There is all kinds of junk going down, right? There's all kinds of cultural things that our kids and our grandkids are going to have to live with and should the lord tarry i can't imagine save jesus and his sweet holy spirit how they will endure the times to come but i'm believing god's going to use them as messengers in the kingdom that god is going to use every one of my kids and every one of my grandkids in their needed niche to pull back the curtain of hades and enter in the message of christ Billy Graham said it this way, I believe the next move of God will be among believers in the marketplace. I want you to hold on to that for a second. Look what we just walked through with COVID, right? We're watching things online. Somebody's turning me right off right now for Furtick or somebody else. Right now, ah, pfft, born. How many, how many cell groups or, 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 or home groups were established during that time, right? Where we had to get together. And what's the, in some of the, the foreign lands today, the church is underground. Bible studies are taking place in, 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 in places that, that used to be filled with boxes and, and, and you know, uh, basements. And we have an opportunity to get together. And what Billy Graham said this, he's been gone for some time, but he sensed that the next move of God, the next move of God, will be among believers in a marketplace. I want to be part of that. How about you? Are you willing just to consider to be part of that? Are you willing to consider that maybe the job you have now that you're not too crazy about is a divine appointment from God for a purpose? If we can believe that, It'll put a little skip in your walk and help you to endure the days that are ahead. So when you talk about the fields for the sake of the message today, we're talking about the marketplace. We're talking about the workplace. We're talking about where you earn your nickels and dimes. What's a nickel today? Anybody, 
Ask somebody for a nickel. When I, when I was a kid, if I got a nickel, that was five fireballs. So what's a nickel? They're going to do away with change. The way the inflation's going. Money's, are you kidding me? Can you believe what you're paying for gas? Can you believe what's coming down? Go to some of the grocery stores. Some of the shelves are empty. I'm, I, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and the cost of living is going up. We don't need to be overwhelmed by these things. It's an opportunity for the harvest field. It's an opportunity. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, from the Passion Translation, they don't have this on the screen. I, I read this this morning, and it, and, it, and it just spoke to me, and I hope it speaks to you about your niche. You see, a, a, a niche is a place. It's employment. It's status. It's, a, it's an activity for which a person or a thing is best fitted. It's, it's a territory that God has given you. That cubicle is a territory for the kingdom of God. Every trip to the coffee machine. Do they have coffee machines anymore? No, they got, they got Starbucks. When I was a kid working in a shop, you went to the shop and you got that coffee that put hair on your chest. I mean, it was just, it come out of machine black. And it... So this is what Paul said in Romans 8, 28. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. I want to read that one more time. It's from the Passion Translation. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives, are you convinced? Is continually woven together for good. For we are His lovers who've been called, you've been called today to fulfill something. That is His designed purpose for you and His designed purpose for me. David Kinnaman in his, is a leader in the kingdom of God. He's over Barna Group now. And in a study by the Barna Group in his book, Christians at Work, he describes this. So small a percentage of Christians really integrate faith and work. He applies a term called integrators. Just camp out there for a second. Integrator. It's not a word you talk often about. It's not a word you hear. I asked my wife three times how to pronounce it this morning. Right? Integrators. Am I saying this right? Integrators. Yeah, integrate, integrators. who in turn apply the following concepts. So listen, this is not something that's on the screen, but I want you just to take a 30-second time out in the busyness of your mind right now and think about this. Just think about this. This is what an integrator does. This is what you and I do when we make the connection that our work is ministry. You know, ministry doesn't have, and, and it's not only ministry, but work is worship. Worship isn't just an experience that you guys rocked the world with this morning. Phenomenal. But I got to go out and deal with the junk tomorrow, right? 
And so my work is worship. I'm going to take the fuel that I got from my worship set, I'm going to take the fuel I get from God's Word, right? And I'm going to take the empowerment of God's Spirit, and I'm going to worship God with my work for the kingdom's sake. It's, it's, listen, I'm telling you, it's easy to preach. But we got to work this thing out. Because God needs your needed niche. I'm here to tell you, you've got a niche, and He needs you desperately. And He wants to use you desperately. He applies the term integrators, who in turn apply, He says, the following concepts. They see how the work they are are doing serves God or a higher purpose. Can you see that this morning? They find purpose and meaning in the work that they do. They mold the culture in their workplace, and they look to make a difference in the world. I want to read it to you one more time. Are you willing to do this? Do you, do you, do you see a, a nickel's worth of this flying in your life? Do you see how the work that you're doing serves God in a higher purpose? Do you see that, that, that God wants you to find purpose and meaning in the work that He has divinely set for you in this season? Retirees, listen, I'm right around the corner. I just turned 63. With this economy, I'm not going to be able to... I'm going to croak before I retire. I mean, there's no way. Right? But you think about this. If I'm going to go into cruise, if I'm going to go to a place where life's going to slow down, I don't want to die out. I want to resurge in this new season and do something for the kingdom. Whether I'm investing in young men or young women, whether I'm, whether I'm pouring into something different, for this season I'm suggesting to you, you have the job that God has given you, you have the responsibility that God has given you for a divine purpose. They mold the culture of their workplace. That means you impact the environment. How many have crummy environments? If your boss is sitting next to you, don't raise your hand. you got crummy environments you're working in. Take hold of that in Jesus' name and create an atmosphere and an environment that's conducive to who Jesus is and what He's doing in your life. And you don't have to be preachy about it. Just live it. Preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. So I I look at at this concept of being integrators, and I just think to myself, what does God's word say about it? Look at what the message says in Matthew 10, 40. I love this. This verse has become a life verse for me. And, and, And in the... ESV, it says, whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the Father who sent me. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And the question I had to answer a little while back is, am I willing to be receivable? Am I willing to be hospitable? Am I willing to be welcoming even when I don't feel like it? Because kingdom influence is at stake. And this is what the message says. Matthew 10, 40. We are intimately linked into this harvest work. It's a team effort, gang. So if we wanted to do an exercise, we would lock arms if it was COVID-friendly, and it is. We would lock arms. We're, we're, We're together on this. It's a team effort. Anyone who accepts what you do 
accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do accepts my Father who sent me. Accepting a messenger of God is as good as being God's messenger. Accepting someone's help is as good as giving someone help. This is a large work I've called you into. But don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to smart, start small and give a cool cup of water to someone who's thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You won't lose out in one thing. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes we think, listen, sometimes a Coke, a cup of coffee, a muffin, a lended ear, holding a door, the simplest things crack the door for opportunity for his kingdom. What happened to empathy? What happened to kindness? Everybody's taking everybody out, right? Everybody lives suspicious, right? What, listen, let's, as kingdom workers, as people who are willing to use their niche to be a kingdom player, let's restart the fire of kindness, hospitality, and empathy. And watch what God does with that. I was reading uh, an article recently, and it talked about Tony Evans. Anybody know who Tony Evans is? Right? Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship, pastor in Dallas, wrote the books Kingdom Man, Kingdom Agenda, past chaplain for the Cowboys, past chaplain for the Mavericks, um, Urban Initiative. If you listen to the Christian radio station at all, you hear... Tony Evans' little blurbs. He's got a study Bible that's coming out. He's got that's that's come out. He's got he's got great notes. If you're if you're interested in studying, there's all kinds of study Bibles out there. His new study Bible gives interesting insights and and that of years of service and of working hand in hand with God. So this is so listen, Tony Evans has has weighted influence. Right? I mean, you know, you know, you know me from a distance. Here's a man of God that has poured his life into. And this is what Tony Evans says. A fundamental flaw that has characterized the followers of Jesus Christ is that we have separated our careers from our worship. Many of us have not seen the kingdom connection between the God we worship, the needs of our culture, and the skills that he has given us that we may already be using in our jobs. I don't think it has occurred to many Christians that God has strategically positioned them in your current vocation to affect their culture for him, for Jesus. Isn't that powerful? I, listen, the kingdom of God. We haven't made the connection between the God we worship and the needs of our culture and the skills that he has given us. He's put you together perfectly for a divine purpose. And listen, in each season of life, it may look a little different, but so what? Somebody says, when I reach my career, listen, I've been doing this for, for 
45 years, I am still looking for a career. God has given me this work. I'm 63 years of age. I run a school. I'm getting my master's the end of this month. Yeah, awesome. It took me 40 years to get my wife to write it. No, but here's the, what, what I'm saying is that, that, that you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think this is what I was going to do. As a man, I know what it's like as a man. You know, it, you know, is there something else? Is there something else? Does God have something bigger? Am, am, do I have any influence? But I just was packaged around some people that didn't give a rip what their title was, but served Jesus with everything in them. And God been, been, has been able over the last years to open my eyes in the rearview mirror to men and women of God that made a difference in the little things that they did that have impacted me to make any difference that He has chosen to use me for. You are strategically positioned right where you are. You're a gospel carrier. You're a kingdom influencer, even when you don't feel it. And matter of fact, I would said this, and I might have to hand in my Assemblies of the God card for this, Curtis, but if you're going to rely on your feelings to get stuff done, forget it. I've heard it said over the years, and I love, where, I love lively worship. I love the fact when people enter in. But here's the bottom line. It doesn't make a difference how high you jump. It's how straight you walk when you hit the ground. So, hey, we're worshiping God. We're going to hear from His Word. We're going to crack this book on Sundays, but it can't lay dormant on Monday through Saturday. And then we have to be extensions. We've got to be Jesus in blue jeans. We've got to be integrators in God's kingdom. The only Bible some people will ever read is your life and mine. How are we doing with that as far as translation goes? That hurts. I can think of a couple people right now that want, might not want anything to do with this book because of how I treated them. God, forgive me and help me never to do that again. Help, help me to rekindle that. Help me, Father, I can't go back in time and fix it, but you can. Would you send another man and woman that's the real deal in the life of the person that I negatively impacted? And that just might be you. That might just be you if we're willing to step in. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of the time for us to do from Ephesians 2.10. I love what the Passion Translation says. We are, instead of saying workmanship, it says we are recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that He has given each of us. How many want to fulfill that destiny? You know, I don't want to fall short. Listen, I'm closer to the grave than I am from the other side, getting in here. Okay? You know, and, and I may get in by the skin of my teeth. But this man wants to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I want to live in such a way that my four kids, their spouses, and my eight grandkids, and whatever's coming down the pike with more of them, because they'll show up, 
Don't just think their, their pop or their dad was a cool guy, a nice guy. They know he was a man of God that lived for the king, that did everything in his power to model who Jesus is. And when I get up there and I'm looking on the other side, listen, I bank on this. I'll be on my face. Remember that song, Will They Dance Before You, Jesus? If I dance before Jesus, he's pulling the string. Because I ain't flying. I'm not a good dancer. I'm going to be flat on my face before my maker. And after I spent a few hundred thousand years doing that, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to find myself a seat. I'm going to work for the king. But I'm going to have an eye on the gates watching for every one of those kids and grandkids to come through. And boy, are we going to party. So how does this all work? There's a call within a call. You say, what's that all about? Took many years. I've been in Christian education now, probably 40 42, 44 years, been a long time in Christian education. And it was in a movie theater in South Charlotte, watching a movie entitled Letters. It was the life story of Mother Teresa. Now, I don't know about you, but in the Northeast, there's a Catholic church on every corner. Everybody's Catholic. All right? The, I'm here to tell you that, 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 that um, uh, the movie theaters up north, when Mother Teresa was packed, there was me, Kristen, and a little old lady taking a nap in the corner in this movie theater. That was it. But something happened in that movie that revolutionized my, my view of what I was doing. And I'm leaving you with this. Mother Teresa, who at age 12 was moved and felt the call to be a missionary. Now listen, hear, hear me out. I'm not talking theology here. Okay? Don't, don't let your world get rocked here with the theology that you might argue about from Roman Catholics to where we sit. Let's just think about the person for a moment. Felt the call. 1928 at age 18, she joined the sisters of Loretta. 1946, she was on a train and she felt compelled by the Spirit of God, that she was to step out from what she was doing. At that particular time, she was in India. And she was working in a school, and each day she would look out her window, and I could close my eyes and still see this movie. And they would watch, and they would see the downtrodden, the broken, the hurting, the sick, the starving, the poverty at hand, and they couldn't leave the convent to go out there. No, your work isn't here. No, your work isn't here. And she went back and finally said, Dear sister, my call within my call is to those people. Something spoke to her, and she simply came to a place where she was choosing to be an influencer. She got a thirst it said in one article, for souls that gripped her heart. And she spent the last years of her life, lived into her late 80s or early 90s, dedicated to the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of the poorest of poor. So I'm going to give you what my father-in-law said one time when they asked him about a, a minister that was doing 
in the beginning, when they were still online, some guys were saying, I'm staying home from church, I'm watching. Someone asked them, what do you think about that? And they said, when I, when I do as much for the kingdom as that preacher, I'll have a comment about it. So I would say this about Mother Teresa. When I would do as much for the kingdom of God and the poorest of poor and the broken of brokenhearted, then I'll earn an opportunity to talk about things that maybe don't line up. I'm going to tell you what lines up is the heart of that woman. How about you? Listen, God's needs somebodies that are willing to step into the nobodies so that they can become people that will fulfill their niche by being a kingdom worker. You see, we're called to God and we're called for God. What's your call within your call? You see, we're called to the kingdom through Christ. We're called for the kingdom work with Christ. If I had time, and I know I don't, I could tell you about Tony Evans' influence. In a nutshell, his dad was broken. His dad's wife, they were just barely making it. And in a workplace, a blue-collar workplace, when he would go to eat his lunch, one man would sit down and talk to him about the Lord. Very soon, two men invited him to a meeting, and he went to the meeting, and Arthur Evans got saved. Came home, and the mother doubted it. You see, the marriage was falling apart. The kids, the mother doubted it, and every morning he would be on his knees at a chair, praying for his wife. Finally, one day she came down, and she said, I don't know what's going on with you, Arthur, but I'm ready to hear about it. And she got saved. Thus, Tony Evans gets saved. Look at what he's doing in kingdom work. That nobody that became somebody influenced multiple somebodies to do kingdom work. Tony, Tony gets the tag. He gets the, 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 the badge. He's the big name. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't have happened unless that nobody chose to be a somebody in that lunchroom and tell that man about Jesus. My mother-in-law, growing up in North Dakota, South Dakota, Selby, South Dakota, was all set, smart as a whip, five foot nothing, home run. Biggest influencer in my life besides Kristen. She took a year off from school because her mom, Vina, had Parkinson's disease. And they were going to try to, he was going to take care of her. And a somebody, a nobody to them, but a somebody in God's kingdom, what's your niche? What's your availability? Will you impact the kingdom? A somebody stepped in and said, let's go to a gospel meeting and let's pray for your mom's healing. They went to that gospel meeting. Joyce Smith, Mankey got saved. Mom didn't get healed. They're in Selby, South Dakota. The people say, he said, well, maybe I need to go to a Bible school. They said, the only Bible school we know is Southeastern in Lakeland, Florida. Are you kidding me? Goes back home. That mom got saved. She's, she don't have Parkinson's anymore, people. She's walking on streets in gold with her daughter today. 
sometime, that was about sometime in 1953. Fast forward, she goes to Southeastern. She marries a minister. And in 1963 or 64, they decide to come to Torrington, Connecticut. Nineteen seventy-nine, I get saved in that little church. I snuck in. I come from an Italian home, an Italian Roman. I the hit was out. I get saved. I feel a call into the ministry. Don't know what that looks like. And I catch a love for Christian education through this little five-foot-nothing who was on her way with high honors and scholarship to the University of South Dakota. But somehow, some way, there was a pause because a somebody stepped in and told her about Jesus and brought her to a place where she rendered to Christ. I owe it all. Kristen, we owe it all to that little old-fashioned couple that didn't know there was a Bible college a half hour away and sent her to Florida. But thank God they sent her to Florida. Are you willing to be that somebody? You say, Frank, it's easy to preach. I know it's easy to preach. And it's a bear to live it. But I'm here to tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. There's people in this room that are praying for kids that are are wayward. There's people in this room that are praying for spouses that are wayward. Just maybe you accepting your niche, that you'll be that somebody that steps into their life. And the kingdom grows. Whether we can meet in groups like this or not, we can gather together in little meetings anywhere. You want to start a cell group, do it in your cubicle. You want to start a cell group? Just just be. Preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. By the grace of God, I want to be that somebody. I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful for that couple that stepped into Joyce's life. I don't know if anybody remembers their name. I'm trying to chase it down. We couldn't. But I'm going to tell you the multitudes and multitudes of people that remember Joyce's name because she was an influencer. Kids are in the ministry today. Kids are in the workplace serving God because Joyce Ashburn meant something to somebody. There's no throwaways. You have a divine niche. By the grace of God, would we be willing to step up and be a kingdom influencer?